All right, I want you to open up your Bibles this morning to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 8. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 8. You know, we're celebrating the good news that Jesus Christ, God's Son and Savior, is alive today. And what I love on Facebook is we've got friends all over the nations of the world. And uh, I love to see that they've already, you know, when I see some of them this morning, they celebrated uh, Easter yesterday uh, because it was already Easter. And it's great to see the, the wave of people around the globe celebrating the good news that Christ has risen from the dead. I'm also amazed as a preacher and as a pastor that there will be many, many people filling pulpits today all over the world preaching the good news, and there won't be two messages that are exactly the same, which tells you this. The beauty of what Jesus did for us is like a multifaceted diamond. You can look at it from a myriad of, di- of directions, but what you come to the conclusion of quickly is that what he did was amazing and glorious, and you'll never tire of preaching the word and the good news about what Jesus did for us. And so I want to kick off today like a series on gifted and just focus on the fact that God is an amazing giver of gifts, and we're going to talk about one of those gifts today. But I want you to see this verse with me. This is kind of our, our theme verse for where we're going over the next few weeks. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 8. It says, when Christ returned triumphantly. Everybody say triumphantly. triumphantly. To heaven. When did he return triumphantly to heaven? That was after his resurrection. And notice what happened during the resurrection. The resurrection demonstrated his victory over Satan. And look at what he did as soon as he uh, conquered Satan. The Bible says that he began dishing out gifts. In fact, he gave generous gifts to men. I want to emphasize a few things here. We're celebrating today something that Jesus did triumphantly. That means with authority. That means a convincing victory. And the victory was first and foremost over Satan, our greatest enemy. Uh, What he did when he defeated Satan was he plundered all of hell. He plundered everything that the enemy has robbed from us. And I want to encourage you today that God is still in the business through the power of the Holy Spirit, working in the authority of his son, Jesus Christ, to restore everything that Satan has robbed from us. That's what the cross means. That's what the resurrection signifies and certifies for us. And the Bible says when Jesus ascended 40 days after his resurrection, that he immediately began giving out gifts. Now, I don't know about you, but if I went through the trauma of the cross and I went through the resurrection from the grave and I'm returned to my, to my father and I'm seated at my place of victory, um, I might be taking it easy for a while, uh, exhaling, catching my breath, doing a lot of things. But it's interesting. What did Jesus immediately begin to do? He began giving out gifts. It's a beautiful picture of the goodness of God, is it not? That God is a gift giver. God is generous. God is is extravagant in his affection. God is good, and that's why the gospel is good news. God is a good God, and he's a gift-giving God. Every one of you in this room was created by God, and every one of us in this room was created by God on purpose, for a purpose, for his purpose. And the sooner we discover our relationship with Christ, the sooner we discover who we are and how God made us, Uh, the sooner we can begin to live life to the fullest. You know, there are many people today, they don't know why they're here, they don't know where they're going, they don't know what the purpose for their life is, uh, and they're just floundering. And the good news of the resurrection is there's a gift-giving king, his name is Jesus Christ, and he not only gives us life, but then he begins to pour supernatural, spiritual gifts on us. And we're going to begin unpacking those gifts in in the days and weeks ahead. I don't know about you, but when you begin to understand how God's wired you, and how unique you are. There's not, there's not a two of you in this room that are exactly the same. 
God's made you unique. He's, he's put special anointing, special gifting on your life. He's deposited certain things in you. He's made your personality the way that it is. He, he's, he's brought you into the, the nation that you're born in, the family that you're born in, the relationships that you have. All of these things are on purpose. And when you begin to see the purpose, your life begins to take on a whole different sense of meaning and direction. And you begin to live fully alive, fully for the purpose of God, and you begin to express who it is that God uniquely made you to be. And so that's the good news of this series, and that's where we're going to be headed. Uh, not only about God's gifts on the basis of creation, but God's gifts that he gives us after he redeems us and begins to fill us with his spirit. So it's going to be an exciting series, and I hope you'll all come back next Sunday. I want you to turn with me now to John chapter 4. We're not going to get into depth in this passage, but I just want to give you the highlights. This is John's account, of course, of Jesus' life and ministry, and he tells an amazing story in this passage about a life-changing encounter that a very broken woman had with Jesus Christ. She, of course, was from the area called Samaria. Samaria was a place that the Jews hated. The Jews wouldn't even talk to people from Samaria, and that's where she came from. And the story, as the story goes here in John chapter 4, Jesus met her one day providentially at a well and the Bible tells us, interestingly enough, it was at midday. It was during the blazing heat of midday. No one drew water during the heat of the day, but this woman had her reasons for coming out at that time. Her life was an absolute train wreck. It was filled with a lot of guilt and shame from a very rough and very tough life that she experienced. She might be like somebody that you know or maybe like yourself. She was a woman who had a really hard time finding a good man. There's a lot of people uh, in this room today that you can, you can say amen to that. There's been situations where we've dealt with brokenness, relational brokenness. In fact, as the story goes on, Jesus begins to highlight her brokenness. She asks him a few questions, and Jesus gives her some great hope. And then Jesus says this, go, go bring your husband here. And she said, I don't have a husband. And Jesus says, I know, you've had five husbands. And he says, the man that you're living with right now, uh, you're not married to him. And she said, ah, I discern you might be a prophet. I mean, no, she had, she had great discernment. Jesus was reading her mail. Now, let me ask you this question. How did Jesus know that? Well, let me tell you how Jesus knew that. Jesus was a man fully uh, under the influence of the Holy Spirit, and that was a gift of the Holy Spirit. Jesus was operating in at that moment called the Word of Knowledge. Jesus had never met this woman. But the Holy Spirit began to share some things about this woman's life, and Jesus simply relayed that to her, and instantly she said, you have to be a prophet. She realized somebody special was in her midst. Her life, again, was a picture of shattered dreams and broken expectations. She was, as we like to say, searching for love in all the wrong places. No matter how hard she tried to find it, love seemed to be elusive from her. But that's why she's out at noon, at high noon, because here's the deal. She doesn't want to face the community she doesn't want to face people. She doesn't want to face the ridicule, the scorn, the judgment. So she comes out during the heat of the day when no one is going to be at the well. But guess what happened that day? Jesus was waiting for this precious woman at the lowest point of her life. And this is what Jesus said. And I, I want us to focus on this. He said, if you only knew what a wonderful gift God has for you and who I am, you would ask me for some living water. There's two things Jesus said here that I want us to focus on today uh, that are so important for all of us. He, he said, you know, if you only knew. How many of you wish there were certain things in life that you 
would have known about a little bit beforehand. You know, I've heard people say, I wish I would have had a little training for marriage before I got into this. If I only knew, um, or, uh, you know, maybe you're in a business situation and it got burned. You say, man, if I only knew what I know now about this situation, or if I only knew what I know about human nature, what I know now, if I only knew. Well, here's what Jesus is saying. If you only knew what I have for you, and if you only knew, he says to this dear woman, if you only knew who it is you're talking to right now, how many of you know sometimes we can be in the midst of greatness and not even know about it? You know, Pastor Brock, was I was with him not too long ago, and he's going in and doing some great work encouraging people in senior homes and working with the staff. And, and he told a story one time in front of a bunch of staff that was so powerful. There was a resident in the nursing home who was a, a World War II veteran and had a, received a Purple Heart and was in some amazing battles fighting for our nation and for our freedom and now he was just an old man in a wheelchair. He was a shell of what he once was. And if you looked at him and you didn't have eyes to see, you would think that this guy was just an old, an old guy that's on the end of, you know, last stages of his life. And Pastor Brock began telling this story about this man. And he said, I want to introduce you to this man. And then he, had, he, he wheeled that man in. And, of course, all the, all the folks that are working in that nursing home providing care for all these beautiful residents, uh, many of them didn't know his story. How many of you know when you hear the person's story, you realize that there's greatness in your midst and you weren't even aware of it? This woman is talking to Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the King of glory, and Jesus said, lady, if you only knew who you're talking to, I can change everything about your situation. I can turn your life inside out. If you only knew, now I got to tell you a funny story. I came in here yesterday just to check on all my babies. Some of you know here, when it comes to, to flowers and stuff like that, it's kind of my sweet spot. I like them. So I like to go out, and I like to fill the place with lots of color. I want to do some cool stuff outside. So, man, when you pull on the property, how many of you know when you pull on the property where we worship Jesus, it should look alive? You with me? So I, uh, and we should be alive. Amen? When you get on the end, where we are the church, we should be alive. But I came here yesterday, and a couple of these were like dead. I mean, like and I, I was like, oh, no, and I touched them, and they were really dry, and I thought, man. And this is, I kid you not, this is what I said. I'm bringing them in here to the sanctuary, and I said, Lord, these things really could use a resurrection. <laughs> and this is what I heard the Holy Spirit say to me. I'm pretty good at stuff like that, all right? I'm pretty good at stuff like that. It was a picture. It was like, duh. I'm bringing some azaleas that need a little help. And Jesus is reminding me that God raised him from the dead, that I'm in the right place at the right time. Hey, they look really good, by the way. You can't even tell the ones that were really looking bad. But here's what I want to focus on this morning. Let's look on the first part. The Lord says, if you only knew the gift. Some of this is basic to those of us that have been in Christ for a while. But it's good to be reminded about what God has done for us. The, the gifts that God's trying to give us here are numerous and multifaceted, but how many know the first gift that we need is the gift of forgiveness? And I want to read Romans chapter 5, verse 17. It says, The sin of this one man, Adam, caused death to be king over all. Let me just pause right there. If you're here today, and, and maybe you've never submitted your life to Christ, this is the reality of what happens globally when people are born into this world. The Bible says we are born under the curse of sin. Any of you that are parents in this room know that you never had to teach your children to be disobedient. 
No, you have to work really hard to teach them to be obedient. We should scratch our heads and say, why is that the case? You know, philosophers, uh, uh, psychologists, sociologists, they teach at universities that people are born good. <laughs> Evidently, they've not watched the evening news. Evidently, they've, they've never tried to raise a child in this world. The, the truth is we're not born good. The truth is that we're born sinners and our hearts are far from God and we're rebellious to the core of our being. The truth is that we're all part of a great cosmic rebellion and that we're under the wrath of God. That's the truth. The good news is this. Let me keep reading. But all who take God's gift of forgiveness, notice it's a gift. You don't earn it. You receive it. And acquittal, that's the second part of this, are kings of life because of this one man, Christ Jesus. Now here's what I want to encourage us to do today. The first gift that God wants to give us is the gift of forgiveness. But have you ever had somebody come up to you and say, you know what, I forgive you. And then you go, I didn't know I offended you. You ever been in that situation? To me, there's a lot of people in the world, and if I said to the world today on national television, Jesus Christ offers the gift of forgiveness, there'd be a lot of people who go, I know I'm good. Uh, I don't know that I need to be forgiven. Trust me, every one of us in this room needs to be forgiven a million times over because we haven't loved God with all of our heart and soul and mind and strength. We haven't lived for his glory. Uh, we've trampled his glory. We've trampled his reputation. And here's the beauty of it. When Jesus is offering this woman forgiveness, one of the worst things we could do is say, ah, thanks, I'm good, and walk our way. But unfortunately, that's the way many people live their lives, as if, as if Jesus and what he did doesn't matter or that we don't need it. The first gift that you need and the first gift that Jesus has to offer, this woman at the well who's been married five times, living with a man, God knows whatever else she's been through. But here's what he says. If you only knew this gift, the first thing he wants to offer is forgiveness of our sins. How I many know that's a really good deal? Because here's the deal. Forgiven people are able to release forgiveness to other people. And forgiven people live free lives and good lives and healthy lives. And that's the first gift the Lord wants to offer us. The second gift in this same verse is the gift of righteousness. In some of the translations, it says literally the gift of righteousness. In the translation that I used here, the Living Bible, it says the gift of forgiveness and acquittal. Now let's talk about righteousness for a moment. This is a sobering fact of the resurrection. The fact that Jesus rose from the grave was a war declaration that he won the battle and gave, the game is over. Christ is coming back again. And I ask you this question, and I, and I was quizzing my children over breakfast the other day. We were talking about witnessing to our friends. Here's the question I want to ask you this morning. How do we know that Jesus Christ is assuredly coming back in bodily form, just as he said? How do we know that? The resurrection. If, if a person can predict their death the exact time and way and place, and then predict that they're going to raise from the dead three days later, and then they do it? How many of you know you should probably listen to that person? And if that person says, I'm coming back, we should like really take notice of that. And here's the thing that's really sobering. When he says he's coming back, he's not coming back as the lamb. He's coming back as a lion. And he's coming back to enforce the victory that began on the cross which means he's coming back in judgment. Now, here's the thing. You're going to stand before him someday, all of us. We're going to give an account for our lives. How many of you at that moment, you don't want to be saying, if only I would have, like Jesus said. 
If only I would have received that gift of forgiveness. No, no, that's not when you want to receive forgiveness because you can't at that moment. It's too late. How about this? If only I was clothed in the righteousness of Jesus Christ and not my own righteousness because I don't have any righteousness. Guess what? At that moment when you're standing before the king, you're going to want to be clothed not in your goodness but in his goodness. When God the Father looks at you, you want him to be looking at Jesus and his righteousness, not your own or my own. Are you with me? So he gives us the gift of righteousness. What is that? That means the perfect, sinless life that Jesus lived before God gets put on your account. Oh, this is good news. This is good news. So that when you see him, there's no shame, there's no guilt, there's no if only, if only, if only. You don't want that regret at that moment. You want to be able to run into the arms of your Savior and fall at his feet, and you want to be able to worship with everything in you. Are you with me? You do not want an if only, and you're going to be full of if only as if you've never received the gift of forgiveness and if you've never received the gift of righteousness. You need both of those gifts. You can't make it any other way. And let me go to the third gift, which is so important. Look at Romans 6.23. For the wages of sin, the payment for our sin, is death. But the free gift, everybody say free. free. The free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. This is good news. The payment for our sin is death. And here's the issue. God doesn't say you have to accumulate so much sin to get the death penalty. God says the payment for sin, one sin. A sin, any sin. Now, if I don't want you to raise hands, but if I ask you in this room, how many of you are sinners? We all should probably raise both hands and stand to our feet and shout guilty because there's not a one of us in this room that hasn't fallen short of the glory of God and what God expects from us. And the wages of that, the payment for that, in other words, you, what you and I earned is death. We need to let this sink in on us today. Because when Jesus came out of the tomb, he came out of the tomb because he defeated our greatest enemy, which is death. You know, the Bible says people live in the fear of death all their lives. Even the, tough, the toughies that are like, hey, you just got to face death, face death. That's usually not their approach when they're laying on, the, on their bed breathing their last breath. They're not converting to atheism at that moment because atheism offers no hope for anybody. No, what they're thinking about at that moment is the fact that death is getting ready to snatch them. And, you know, again, we need to be rational people, logical people. The Bible, the, the, our Christian faith is a rational faith. It's not a fairy tale and it's not a leap of faith. When you are facing death, who do you go to as the authority, as somebody who has faced death, conquered death, and lives to tell about it? Who do you go as your authority for that? There's only one person. His name's Jesus. And Jesus is the one that pressed through our greatest enemy. And here's the good news. When you receive Jesus, you no longer fear death. You know, I had the, I had the thought standing behind the cross during worship. This was the thought going through my mind. This is my Father's first Easter in heaven. That was, that was comforting to me. And I wondered, I wondered what it's like when you're looking through their eyes. I imagine him standing next to my grandma. I imagine him standing next to other loved ones in our family. I imagine him meeting some of the people that have gone ahead of him that he never had the chance to meet in his own family line. But I'll tell you what it means to me. 
that my future is secure because I've been given the gift of eternal life. And I've reached out and I grabbed a hold of that. And I treasure that gift and I love that gift. And I'm grateful for that gift. And I'll just tell you this right now. There's not an, a scintilla of fear in my heart as it relates to dying. That's not something to boast about in me. That's just because I happen to believe what God says. I believe it. And I'm excited about it. And I look forward to the time uh, when we step across the threshold into the, what the future holds. Because I know that my Savior lives. I know that he's gone ahead of us. And I know that the gift that he's trying to give this woman and all of us is the gift of eternal life. And let me go to the second part here. We'll close with this. He said, not only, lady, if you could just understand the gift that I want to give you, but if you could understand the person that you're talking to. You know, sometimes we need to think about the greatness of Jesus Christ and put him in proper perspective. If you only knew to whom you are speaking. Because here's the deal. All of God's amazing gifts come to us wrapped up in a person named Jesus Christ. And the gifts are meaningless apart from the one who gives them. Have you ever been uh, at Christmas with little kids? And, you, and this is another thing. You've you got to train these little rascals, right? Like I tell my kids, hey, when Grandma and Papa give you a gift, open the gift. Recognize to, from whom the gift came from. And then put the gift down and run over to Grandma and kiss her and hug her and say, thank you, Grandma, for this gift. Now, can I tell you something? There have been epic fails at that lesson in our house. <laughs> I mean, they're like, and, they're, and then they're on to the next one. It's like, time out! This gift is meaningless apart from the one who gave it to you. Go thank them. Or you have your kids, hey, can you share a bite of that ice cream with Dad? No! I'm the buyer of the ice cream. <laughs> Are you insane? Give me the whole bowl. I'm not going to let you have a bite. That's what I could say. I could exercise my authority. Let me just tell you this. What good would heaven be without the man Christ Jesus there to wait for us? Come on. Who cares about anything apart from our passion and our love for Jesus Christ, the Son of God. That's the blazing center of everything that happened. We're not here today because we're trying to escape hell. We're not here today because we're afraid of punishment. We're here today because we have been captured by Jesus Christ. Am I talking to the right crowd? We have a fire burning in our heart for the man Christ Jesus, the one who has set us free. The Bible says this in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 15. Thank God for his son, his gift too wonderful for words. I love Romans 8, 32. For God has proved his love by giving us his greatest treasure, the gift of his son. And since God freely offered him up as a sacrifice for us all, he certainly won't withhold from us anything else that he has to give. Isn't this amazing? This is the logic of heaven, and I want you to hear it. If God gave us that which is most priceless, that which is most valuable, Jesus, if God offered up his son to be beaten beyond recognition, to be spit upon, to be viciously mocked, 
and to be nailed to a cross, and he gave that gift to you and to me, then what else could we ask of him that he would say no? This is the logic of heaven. If God gave us that which was most precious, then what are these other gifts that we, you know, we wonder, God, can you help me with this? God, can you do this? God, I have this prayer need. I have that prayer need. The logic of heaven is simply this. If God gave you the greatest, the, the, the thing that cost him the most, everything else pales in comparison. He's saying, lady, if you only knew who you're talking to, if you only knew what I could do in your life, if you only knew the gift that I have to give, and he's getting ready to give himself to her, literally on a cross. Here's the good news, Titus chapter 2, verse 11. The free gift of eternal salvation is now being offered to everyone. And so if you're here today and you're like, you know what, I, I don't know if I've really reached out and received that gift. Is that gift for me? Can I answer that question? God's already answered the question. Who is the gift for? It's for all of you. It's for all of you. It's for all. If I said, hey, Jesus has a gift for you. It's out in the lobby. Pick it up. Uh, you'd be foolish to go, no, nah, I don't think I'm interested. No, everybody should run out and find that gift. Well, guess what? The gift of eternal life is here for you today. You, you can know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you're born again and that you have a relationship with Jesus because God says this free gift, you don't have to earn it, free gift, eternal salvation offered to everyone. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 and 18. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone and a new life has begun. Isn't this good news? All of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. Can I just take it a level higher here? You know, we're all creations of God Almighty. The Bible says that as we come to know him, he becomes our father. And here's the good news of the gospel, is that when his kids are alienated from him, far from him, his creation is far from him, the heart of the father is always to go after what's lost and to redeem it. The purpose of Jesus dying on the cross, check this out, was not only to bring us to Christ, but Christ then grabs our hand and Christ takes us back to the Father so that the God who created us conceived of us. We are the overflow of his goodness and overflow of his creative glory. That God is the God who, who created you to spend eternity with him, enjoying him forever. And the good news of the gospel is Jesus literally brings us from death to life, takes us by the hand, and brings us back to the Father. This is incredible. And here's the good news. Look at Ephesians 1.1. Because I'm sorry, 111, because of what Christ has done, we have become gifts to God that he delights in. This is so beautiful. Gifts from God that he delights in. Ed, stand up. You're now God. Isn't Ed, Ed is a good God figure. He's oh, wise. No. <laughs> come on, come on. We didn't practice this, by the way. It's no, totally spontaneous. If you're a guest, just be glad you weren't on the front row. All right. Ed is God. Chris? Come here, dear. You're the woman at the well. Oh, yes. Yes, I am. And uh, I am she didn't know that either. But uh, <laughs> hey, we're all recipients of the mercy of God. So Jesus says, ma'am, if you only knew the gift that I have to give you, and you only knew who you're talking to, if you only knew, I would give you living water. You'd never have to thirst again. 
And so Chris comes to know Jesus, all right? And here's what Jesus does. Jesus says, because of what I've done for you, you're now a gift that is pleasing to God. Now, now see? Look at, look at, look at. You see, hey, I know what I'm doing, you know? You know why? God is smiling, all right? Because Chris really is a gift, and Ed knows that he's experienced her as a wonderful gift. But check this out. When, when Jesus brings us to the Father, look at that. You're getting choked up right now, aren't you? Come on. When Jesus brings us to the Father, we are a blessing to the Father, and he's well pleased with us. Now, it takes Jesus and what Jesus did on that cross and Jesus' resurrection to bring us into the Father's smile, into the Father's blessing. We have no hope of this embrace apart from Jesus Christ and what he did. That's the free gift. All right, you guys were awesome. Give him a hand. Wow. Hey, what are you guys doing next service? That's my question. All right, stay right there. I mean, this was not even in the notes, but that was just so good. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I want you to think about this. Have you ever considered what is our response? Like, what does God get out of this whole deal? You know what God wants out of all this? He wants you. He wants you. He wants his, his resurrection party to be complete, and it's not going to be complete without you. And the only way he gets you is if you'll receive the gift of forgiveness and righteousness and Jesus and eternal life. And if you submit to him and give your life to him, then you become a blessing. Then you become a gift that God smiles upon and brings him pleasure. The other option, as we shared, is that you continue to live in open rebellion against God. And I'm telling you, the resurrection should scare the willies out of us if we're not living right because the resurrection means he's coming my mom used to just say these words to me when I was being disobedient she'd say your father's going to be home in just a little bit (laughs) does anybody know what I'm talking about all of a sudden I stood up straight and the fear of God entered my heart uh, because I knew he's coming he's coming he's coming Listen to me. He's coming can either be good news or it can be tragic news. I want it to be good news. And so here's how it's good news. The Bible says this, Romans chapter 4, verse 16. God's blessings are given to us by faith. Everybody say faith. As a free gift. I want you to stand to your feet with me. How, this, is so, this is so simple and yet so profound. How do you receive the gift of God, the blessings of God? We receive it by faith. What is faith? You simply take God at his word. You simply believe what God says is true. And in your heart of hearts, you reach out and you say, Jesus, I want what you have. I, I receive you. I repent of my sins. I need forgiveness. I give you my righteousness. It's like filthy rags. I want your righteousness on my behalf. Jesus, I need you. Jesus, I receive. I humbly take the gift that you're giving. I receive it by faith. 
and the Bible says something supernatural happens in your heart. I can't explain it. It's the Lord's doing. It's supernatural. Just like Jesus was raised from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit, God says, I want to raise your dead heart and your dead spirit and your dead life. I want to give you new life today. It's supernatural, but it's the same resurrection that Jesus experienced from the grave. God wants to do it in you. So, Father, we just call forth in the power of the Holy Spirit those who are dead today spiritually, cut off from you. But, Lord, we prophesy even today resurrection life coming out of this audience. God, resurrection is happening in the human heart today. Lord, we can't manufacture this. You can do it, though. You are the one with the power to raise people from the dead. And so I want you all to pray with me today. And if you're, I want all of us to pray together. I want you to declare these things out loud. But if you'll pray today with me and you'll repeat these words, not just as a parrot, all right, not just repeating words, but if you'll repeat these words and believe them and pray in faith, God will take you at your word and God will do something that only he can do. He'll make you a new person. He'll take you from death to life. And so, saints, pray with me. Church, pray with me. People, all of you, if, you, if you're praying this for the first time, pray with us right now. And pray like you mean it. And pray in faith. And believe that God will do what he promised to do. Say, dear Jesus, I thank you today for the proof that you're the Son of God. Because you rose from the dead. I can rise from the dead. And Lord, today, I receive the gift of forgiveness. I repent of my sins. And I receive forgiveness. I receive the gift of righteousness. I can be in right standing with you because of Jesus. And I want that, Lord. Give me his righteousness. And I thank you today that because of what you've said, that if I would confess with my mouth and believe in my heart that Jesus Christ was raised from the dead, I could be saved. So today, I believe it and I receive it. Thank you, Lord, for the gift of life. Thank you, Lord, for eternal life. I receive that gift in Jesus' name. And everybody said, now come on, let's give the Lord a shout of praise. Wow. You know, even if you've prayed that prayer before, isn't it a great thing to remind ourselves? You know, I want to encourage you today, if you prayed that prayer, let somebody know before you leave her. You might not know anybody, but just grab somebody next to you and say, hey, I just want you to know, I gave my life to Christ today. The Bible says how important it is to confess with our mouth what God has done in our lives. If we'll confess him before men, God will confess us before others in heaven. If we reject him, we're ashamed of him on this earth, then he's going to say, I never knew you. Make it a point this week to let people know. Also, we'd like to know. We want to know. So I believe we have a slide on the screen. This is real simple. If you just text the word Jesus and fill out those prompts, we want to follow up with you this week because we want to help you get established in your faith, all right? That's so important. 
The enemy likes to come in and try to steal what God's doing in our lives. I'm just warning you, don't let him do that. Let us help you. We like to call you up, encourage you, talk with you, uh, provide you with the Bible if you need it, with other things to help you grow in your faith, all right? But hey, let's do this today. Let's not keep the good news to ourselves, amen? Let's spread it far and wide. Let's let our faces be a, a testimony of the goodness of God. Make sure on your way out, if you're a guest, get the gift we have for you. Enjoy some donuts and coffee. Enjoy some time together. Have an incredible, incredible day of celebration, all right? And if you need any prayer, we'll be up here to pray with you. If you're new, I'll be right here. I'd love to meet you before you leave, all right? Have an amazing day. God bless you guys.